Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Well, I suppose we all hear from time to time about these different religious events that are hosted at the White House, days of prayer and prayer breakfast and the like, but, but how often do we ever get a glimpse to see what, what it's really all about? Well, my good friend and colleague, Attorney Dwayne Leslie, who serves as Legislative Director for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in the United States, uh, he's been a regular attendee at prayer breakfasts in the last several years. And, Dwayne, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Thanks, Alan. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. So, for starters, what does it take to get an invitation to a White House prayer breakfast? Well, I wish I knew that. Uh, many people have asked how they get on the list, and it's not something I ever asked for. But I think in my job representing the uh, Worldwide Seventh-day Adventist Church in Washington, uh, it sort of puts me uh, in the conversation for when they're looking to have a variety of Christian denominations that are invited to the prayer breakfast. And so uh, our church has had a long history in Washington that was done by people uh, that have had this job for many years before me. And so because of our longstanding interest in religious matters and protection of religious freedom in Washington, that has, I guess, kept us at the forefront of many of these lists. And it's really an honor to be included in this group because uh, it's a small uh, event. It's about anywhere from 130 to 140 people, most of whom are heads of religious denominations or large churches throughout the United States. And it's a real great opportunity to get to know uh, these individuals in a you know small, intimate way, and then also to share uh, some things about the Adventist Church and some of the things that we do. And in addition to church leaders, you also have cabinet secretaries, uh, president's chief of staff was there last year. So it's a real good opportunity to meet other high-level government leaders as well. Uh, are the prayer breakfasts attended much by members of Congress? No. Actually, there's um, there are a couple different prayer breakfasts. Uh, the White House has an Easter prayer breakfast, which is the event that I've been attending. There is a national prayer breakfast, which sometimes there's some confusion over that because that actually is run by a different group, but they always have the president speak. But that event is over a thousand people, and many members of Congress attend that event. It's typically a bipartisan event. It also received a lot of attention a few years ago because that was where Dr. Ben Carson made his infamous speech um, attacking President Obama, and uh, which got a lot of media attention, but the event that I've attended is the White House Easter Prayer Breakfast. And I think that other prayer, isn't that the National Day of Prayer Breakfast um, that uh, I believe Shirley Dobson, uh, wife of Focus on the Family founder, Dr. James Dobson, has been instrumental in organizing? It might be. I, I can't say for sure, but the organizing committee is bipartisan. They don't want it to be uh, they want to kind of keep politics out of it. And so that's why I think there was some concern over taking a prayer breakfast. And regardless of your own political affiliation, by injecting politics into what is explicitly a nonpartisan event caused some concerns on the organizer's part. 
So these Easter prayer breakfasts that you've been attending, um, tell us about, you know, what the event is like. Sure. Again, typically you, you come in and you're at round tables. Uh, usually it's assigned by the White House Social Office, so there's assigned seating. And usually there's a, a cabinet member or other senior official from the administration at the table, and then a mix of, of leaders. And it's usually a very simple program. Uh, usually the vice president will make some introductory remarks. Then President Obama will come in and, and give a brief statement. Um, they usually get uh, some, obviously you can get any musical artist that you want. Uh, last year they had Amy Grant. This year was the Howard University Gospel Choir. Um, and then there's usually a, a keynote address or a mini-sermon also by uh, usually a high-profile Christian leader. And the thing that has impressed me about this is that, obviously, uh, getting these uh, individuals to be able to deliver a quality message in about eight to ten minutes. And the last four years have just been fantastic. Uh, three years ago, I think it was Reverend Otis Moss Sr. gave a fantastic message, uh, Vashon McKenzie, um, and this year it was the uh, the preacher from Ebenezer uh, down in Atlanta, uh, Martin Luther King's uh, old church. So it's really, they're able to get the best of the best, and you really get a dynamic message, and you hear from the president and the vice president and some good music along the way. So is the president in attendance for the entire breakfast, or he just kind of makes a cameo? No, the president actually comes and stays for the entire event. Uh, This year, the demand was even higher because this is President Obama's last prayer breakfast. So this year, they actually did a receiving line, and uh, all the guests had a chance to go through and uh, shake the hand of President Obama and Vice President Biden. There's a photographer there who will take a picture, and so hopefully I will get that fairly soon. In prior years, the president and vice president would come to each table uh, and have brief conversations and then pose for a group picture. And because it's only about 140 people, you do have an opportunity to have a brief conversation. And so I think it's one of the better events because you actually do get to have some interaction uh, with the president. And in the times where I've had a chance to talk to him, he's been extremely gracious. Um, and so it's something I've appreciated. And usually I try to, you know, explain who I represent, being from the Adventist Church, and I've had pleasant conversations with both Vice President Biden and President Obama. So I imagine, Dwayne, that when the president has this captive audience of all these different leaders of, of many different faiths, that uh, he must have an agenda and, and something of significance to say to this group. Uh, does he talk about religious freedom or, or international religious freedom or, or what, uh, you know, what are his concerns? Sure. And that's, um, in his, in his conversations, he usually emphasizes his own personal Christian faith. And the one thing that has impressed me in, uh, his last few speeches, he's continued to emphasize, uh, those who are being persecuted, uh, around the world. And, uh, a lot of times he's gotten some criticism for not doing enough. But in reality, what's happened is that you will, many times, the administration is working behind the scenes. Uh, a great example is uh, imprisoned Christian pastor Saeed Abedini. Uh, when the deal was announced with Iran as part of the nuclear deal, there was anticipation that uh, Pastor Abedini would be released. And then when it didn't happen, uh, the president was criticized for not um, doing enough 
but then not when, coupling that with the other Iranian deal. Right. But what but what happened when the truth came out, we found that um they were being uh there was a lot of diplomacy going on behind the scenes. Uh and so this had been going on for about a year. And so the president had actually been working on this to try to to get this resolved and um and so that was something that uh, his actions were actually backing up his words in this situation. And so uh, talking about that and also uh, with the freeing of Kenneth Bay in North Korea, um, what's happening with ISIS and Boko Haram, sort of keeping these international issues kind of at the forefront of uh, the discussion and the commitment of his administration to work on these issues. So I need to back up a little bit because I don't want to assume that our listeners know the backstories of of these pastors who were imprisoned. So let's start with uh, Pastor Abedini from Iran. What was his story? Sure. Well, Pastor Abedini, he was uh, an Iranian-American. Uh, he was living in Idaho, I believe, and he was going back and forth to Iran. Uh, he'd done some work church planting, and during one of his visits, he was actually uh, arrested um, and put into, put into prison. And so uh his wife and leaving his wife and family here in the United States and so uh many faith groups many international human rights groups became very engaged uh in his case including um Seventh Adventist Church uh the International Religious Liberty Association because uh again seemingly targeted for his faith and Iran took a pretty hardline position and refused to negotiate on that so this case got considerable attention. But even after that, he ended up being in prison for, I believe, it was about three years. I think that's right. The work of the uh, American Center for Law and Justice uh, was very instrumental in sort of bringing this uh, case to the forefront. Um, and so we were proud to support those efforts. And and I might add, um, the attention that the American people were drawn to this, the plight of this pastor, and would uh, email and write and call their congressmen and, and let them know that we were concerned. It's so important. I think a lot of our listeners feel like uh, their voice is irrelevant. Nobody's going to listen to them, but in fact, uh, their voice is very important when it comes to these kinds of issues. That's absolutely right, because it's the grassroots activism. So individual voices do make a difference. And and in that case, it kept the political pressure up and, and let uh, the government know that um, you're not going to be able to sweep this under the rug. So that's why it's important for everyone to understand that their single voice can actually make a difference. And so Pastor Abedini was freed which we were rejoicing over. Now, who's this gentleman who was in prison in North Korea? Well, in uh, uh, Kenneth Bay, um, again, it, not as much, because in North Korea there's even less information um, that was uh, available, but it, it was a similar situation of someone who um, was uh, put in prison for their faith, and again, there was, uh, just like with Pastor Abedini, considerable media interest in this, but we continued to uh, press this issue, and um, again, we were pleased to uh, see this pastor released. And we see these cases that are um, duplicated and uh, in many other parts of, of the world. And so 
you know, you, you get one victory, but then you'll have other setbacks. So my work is never done. So what about um, President Obama's um, remarks expressing concerns about Boko Haram and, and ISIS? Well, obviously, those, I mean, these are, uh, those, particularly with ISIS, that those are going to be foreign policy concerns. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of issues that come into play and in, in how best to uh, attack this. But what I think, um, understanding that, you know, we still have uh, attacks on people of faith. And, and it's just good to know that at least there's commitment from the administration not to ignore this and to work to see this done and to see people not be persecuted for their faith. And recently, as we've discussed previously on Freedom's Ring, President Obama uh, signed on to the congressional resolution declaring that ISIS is, is committing genocide, which... I think that's is, right. That was uh, uh, Secretary of State Kerry, I think, is the one that really pushed that forward. And very, very important development in terms of dealing with that. Absolutely. Well, this has been very interesting. Our guest today, Dwayne Leslie, my good friend, Legislative Affairs Director for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in the United States, and uh, frequent invitee to the Easter prayer breakfasts at the White House, giving us a bit of an inside look. Thanks for being with us on Freedom's Ring today, Dwayne. Thanks, Alan. And as we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, there is help for you and those you know who suffer religious discrimination. You can contact us on our legal resources page at churchstate.org, churchstate.org. Don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed, get involved. And you can now listen to Freedom's Ring anytime you wish on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Uh, check out our SoundCloud radio station. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed, get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association today on the web at religiousliberty.info. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.